This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Chris Olexa. He has a great story, and I'm looking forward to digging into this. He's got a lot of wisdom, not just on hospitality, but guest experience, leadership, and perseverance. So let's just run right into it. Uh, is is this is what Chris does? So Chris, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Oh, thank you, thank you for the invite. Um, excited, excited to share some stuff with you. Absolutely, you and me both. So before we get started, at the very beginning, I ask every single guest, what's one thing people might not know about you? So one thing that people are pretty surprised with after they kind of hear our story and see where we came from and where we're at today um, is uh, I basically um, didn't go to college, you know, and uh, it's kind of a honor for me myself, though, but, uh, you know, went to uh, pretty much one year of school and realized there's no pictures in the books <laughs> and I couldn't afford it. So, um, yeah, so I said, OK, I got to get out and start making some money. And the second thing, um, a lot of people are surprised. Uh, you know, we shared this with you recently, but, you know, over 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had uh, um, not the best prognosis, but uh, here I am today living life and, and enjoying every minute of it, man. So, yeah, it's two things. That's a lot. And I, I, I want to get into that whole part of persevering too, because it's not just about living life, but how do you, how do you get through it? And, you know, there's, it's, yeah. it's a mindset if, if anything, uh, from, from the beginning. So, you know, for, for a guy who, who didn't have a whole lot growing up, you know, you kind of are focused more on the hospitality side. And I, I respect that anybody who spends time in retail and or hospitality, you're, you're dealing with people, you're engaging with people and it's the good and the bad and the ugly. So, you know, I want to hear your story about how you kind of got started in that hospitality side of the business. Yeah. Uh, so getting in the hospitality side, I guess, um, you know, if you meet me in high school, people meet me today like, man, I'm, <laughs> you're not the same guy. And I'm not because, you know, um, we all go through life and, and we kind of transform in different sections in our life to who we are. Uh, when I was really introduced was hospitality was, you know, my first time was being a buggy boy at a grocery store. And I ra- realized really quickly as you carried the groceries out, the more you talk to people and engage with people, the more little tip you got. And back then it was 50 cents, but at the end of the day, you might make $5 and man, that bought your dinner, you know? Um, so that was a while back ago, but so the more you engage with people and I, I didn't realize that, but now as you carried your groceries out, uh, you might say the same question or the same thing 10 times like, Hey, the weather's great today. And to the next say, Hey, the weather's great today. But the more you engage with people, you could tell really quickly if they want to talk or they didn't want to talk. And, and that's how you learned um, how to deal with people in this world today. And, um, you know, so then as I grew up, um, kind of, you know, graduated from high school, barely, uh, but I worked at a furniture store also. And uh, I started putting furniture together back for a wood furniture store. And uh, we'd deliver this, you know, these wood pieces and we would 
carry heavy stuff up the, you know, the stairs. And uh, one time the owner of this location came to me um, and said, hey, I'm going to kind of make you a salesman. You're really good with people. And I said, oh, yeah, you think, Clint? And he said, yeah. I said, you know, um, every time he calls me, it gives me a good compliment about you. And I said, well, uh, yeah, I carried a 500-pound entertainment center <laughs> upstairs, me and a couple of guys. We convinced the customer that scratch looks great because we did not want to carry it back down. <laughs> and um, so that kind of <laughs> that kind of transformed that and uh, then he ended up, you know, a salesman. Then. And, and I realized right then how you sell furniture your own commission is, is just really engaging with people and seeing that personality walk in and understand it right off. Okay, is this going to be a closed off person? Is this going to be a very open minded person? Want to chat a lot? And, um, you know, you see that uh, every day today when you engage people. So I think that's how I really started learning the hospitality. And I thought, man, I'm pretty good at this. Um, so yeah, that's how I really started. And then how I got in business, uh, I was on the own, my own business and it, it needed to deal with people because I was good at that. And um, that's when I bought my first franchise, uh, Quiznos Sandwich Shop. And I was 26. Me and my wife purchased our first store. That's when Quiznos was a small a little concept. And again, I loved it because I got to talk to people every day, engage with people and sit out and, and, and help them and understand them and uh, what I could do to make their life better. So yeah, that's how I, how I got in this business. It's, so tell me more about that. You were 26 and you're like, man, I'm going to save up my pennies and I'm going to get into this business of talking to people, engaging and loving on them. Tell me about that first project. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a long, long story to how I got in this, but, uh, real quickly, I don't want to take all our time up on that, but, you know, uh, you know, I was born in a situation, uh, you know, my mom and dad divorced. I was a young child. Um, my mom was raised by my mother who was an alcoholic, didn't have a permanent job, lived on food stamps, lived in a very, very bad neighborhood. Um, but at that point I realized that, you know, I didn't want to live this way. So I always had a drive and ambition to, to, to do something with my life special. And I, I was working like I said, the furniture store, the guy that owned it was an individual, young kids, uh, great marriage, very successful in this business. And he coached his kid, did everything. Uh, and I really wanted to be like that. I wanted a life like that because I didn't have a life like that. So and my wife, same thing. Uh, she was kind of uh, her mom and dad passed away when she was young. Uh, her mom committed suicide. Uh, so she was kind of orphaned a little bit around. And then she was raised by her Southern Baptist grandmother. And uh, we started dating in high school and uh, she was great school. Uh, I was not. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I always made a promise to her that I was going to own my own business one day. I just I just had a drive that I wanted that. And I was never jealous of successful people. I always looked at people like, man, I'm so proud of you. How did you get there? And I always wanted that. So, um, you know, I made that promise to her and myself. And as, as, as you know, we kind of got married, um, again, lived in a very small little house, uh, barely made ends meet. She was going through nursing school. And she made said told me about 24. She said, hey, you made me a promise. You're going to own business one day. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm still doing that. I was still working at that furniture store. I moved up to be a manager there. So I kind of learned how to run a business also, too. So in that time. So, um, yeah, um, somehow somebody sent me a message and said, hey, look at the sandwich shop. It's a Quiznos. Never thought I'd be in the hospitality restaurant side. Um, so I kind of started looking at it. Me and my wife drove to one. Uh, it was about an hour away from our hometown. And we they probably thought we were going to rob them one day because we sat there for hours just watching them as we ate our sandwich and kept getting a refill. But um, 
I said, I could do this. I could do this. So we saved every penny we had and um, went to the bank and applied for the franchise rights. And bank said, you need X amount of money down. And we didn't have that much. <laughs> so we went back and saved a little bit more and pretty much put our life savings down on this first Quiznos sandwich shop, quit my job. And, um, you know, the day we opened, I didn't know how we we're going to really make ends meet. And uh, God bless us. And there's a line out that door all day, every day. And uh, I worked there every day for two years. And it really taught me a lot about the business and what it takes to be in this kind of business. And uh, we opened our second store up and then um, it just started rolling from there. So, yeah, that's how I got into that. Wow. So what does it take? So it's not just easy peasy. You turn the flip the lights on, customers come in, you feed them and you make a bunch of money. There's a ton of lessons learned that you've gone through the the ups and downs, the hiccups, the the success. So, talk, walk me through that 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 first journey, the frustration and the excitement, and then, hey, you know what? We have the opportunity now to open up that second that second franchise. Walk me through that. Yeah, so I think as, as as I opened really quickly, I understood, you know, back up real quick. So the first day I opened, there was a line out the door all day and they had trainers there. And I, I came home about midnight, 11 o'clock that night. I grabbed a salad out of the cooler and that's what I ate for dinner. And we had just had a small, our first child and I, he was probably I can't, a year old at that time. And my wife came out of the the bedroom and I was sitting at the dining room table and we lived in a very small little um, um, condo, I guess you say townhouse. And uh, she came in there and I was crying and I said, and she said, what's wrong? I said, I don't think I can do this, Kim. There were people at the door all day. They were wanting their sandwiches. They were frustrated because the line was moving slow. The trainers weren't you know, moving fast and stuff. Our employees were kind of messing up sandwiches. I said, Kim, I don't think I, we could do this. I'm not, I can't do this. And she basically looked at me and said, well, we got to do it. <laughs> we decided a big bake loan to do this. So um, every day I cried less. And about the seventh day, that's when I learned the true thing of putting a Superman cape on, right? You got to do this. It's what you're, it's it's what your journey is. It's, it's what's for your family and what you you, you chose to do. So, um, and I, I, that's when I started really being a, a perfectionist. Like, um, I mean, I worked there every day, seven days a week, and people knew me. They knew my face, and they came in, and and I, uh, I their sandwiches were perfect. And there's still people see me today. It's like, man, I remember you from Quiznos. And I come in there, you would that sandwich come out the line, and you'd say, hey, did you have this with no tomatoes? And it would have tomatoes on it, and he'd say. Oh, I didn't want tomatoes. I'll say, sir, let me remake it. He said, you had a garbage can in the back with a target. And I would, you know, shoot it in it and fall down and go in it. And we'd remake a sandwich really quickly. But, you know, uh, understanding that people's time is valuable and their money's valuable to everybody. And um, that's really what made me successful. And I think what really drives my business today to understand that it's the people, right? It's the people that you, that come to give you money. And it's the people that work with you. Two, uh, it's that's the most important culture that I could teach my people. It's all about people. And I think when I understood how I did so well in the business is because every person that walked in that door, no matter if they were spending a, a big takeout order, catering job of $100, or they're just buying a Coke, that person came to give me some money. And they're helping me pay my water bill because that's what I always tell them. Hey, thank you. You're helping me pay my water bill. It just came in today. And, and and I treated that every dollar was so important to me. And I treated that to my to my employees. You know, if you mess up a sandwich, 
they would throw a sandwich and just throw it away. And I would say, okay, hold on, hold on. I'd take $2 out of my pocket and I'd throw $2 in the garbage can. I said, you just threw $2 in the trash. It's just because it's food product or, a, or spilt Coke or something that you left out and it went bad. That's money. And that's money to us, our company. That's how I give you raises. And it's also money to me and how I pay my college, my kids college one day. It's wasteful. So I think when I, I taught myself that, taught my staff that, 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 that's how important every dollar you make, no matter how big a client you have. You never know that small client can turn out to be one of your biggest clients or it could be turn out to be one of your biggest investors one day, right? That walks the door. He said, you know, I watched you, how you treated me. How can I help you? And um, so that's what you always got to know. Yeah, you never know if there's going to be another Chris out there that buys a sandwich from you and sits at you, sits in your franchise and just watches you. And who who you are and what you're doing and the success you're having. So you mentioned that it's so important to focus on the customer. And we talked prior and you, you were talking about how the importance of putting the guests at the center of everything that you guys do. And have you always been like that from, from lifting the furniture to being the salesperson to being the manager, uh, eventually owning your own business? Have, has that always been the center? And why, why is that? Oh yeah. You know, it, it is, it's always been the center of me because you know, when, when, Guests or people that we're trying to sell something to walk into your establishment. Uh, you want to make them feel so comfortable. I mean, because I have been uncomfortable in situations, right? Walking into a restaurant, uh, walking into a, a business and not feeling the welcomeness or not feeling that your dollars is as important as anybody else's. It, it, it just comes natural to me because I lived in a situation where I've, um, again, this is a whole nother episode where I've been judged by uh, I guess my parents, my mother, and you know my past schooling. I mean, um, there's a there's a story that's it's 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 uh, it's going to be a great chapter in my book. How I really got where I got. Uh, you know, I was in a my principal's office one day. Something happened, and um, it's a big conference room, and there was a, a whiteboard on the wall. And we sat down. There's some fight happened, and they want to know who did it. And I was sitting there with three other students, and the principals all walked in, vice principals. And I saw my name on the board. You know, it was like 50 names on this white chalkboard and uh, dry race board. And I said, why is my name on the board? And they're like, hush up. We're talking about this. I said, no, no, I want to know why my name's on the board. And they said, well, that's the dropout list. I said, dropout list? How did you, did you ask me to put my name on it? No, sir, we don't have to. I'm like, oh, so you're judging me, right? You're judging who I am and just by my past. And I, yeah, and I said, oh, okay. And I, I told him one thing. I said, you know, society will never dictate me. I promise you. And I'm going to come back and show y'all. <laughs> it's so great because I still see that principle every now and then. And he still shakes his head. He's like, still can't believe it. But um, <laughs> so that, that that feeling when people when people feel like they're being judged or, you know, not treated well, it, it's, it's so hurtful to me, man. I tell you, I take it private. When somebody complains and we own multiple restaurants all across different States. And I read almost all the complaints. It hurts my feelings. You know, it, it, it does. It, it really bothers me that somebody felt mistreated, didn't get a refill fast enough or what. And I think when you take those in prideful and just don't blow them off as one offs, I mean, every person's important to me, you know, every dollar we make. So I, I think that's, in the day, I've always been 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 about people and understand that's how I how I got to get where I'm at, get where I want to get, and um, it's important to me to treat those guests that way. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. 
But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, I would 100% agree. It's it's all about focusing on those on that guest experience, focusing on their journey, focusing reducing the friction, creating a great product and service and Everybody can create a, a great product or service. Everybody can serve chicken. But what are you doing in that experience that's going to make all the difference? People will pay more now for a better experience than they will uh, out, uh, over that product and price. And I think that's that's something that most people don't pay attention to. They don't. You know, I always tell my guys, I always tell my guys in here a lot that um, is a joke kind of, but, you know, you can serve crap on a paper plate to somebody but if you do it in the nicest way they're going to come back for six months it's going to take them six months to realize wait a minute this ain't that good but the, and they're, and they're going to say but their people are so nice here i just love coming here and you hear those stories all the time like that and i think that's some of the most important thing is is treating people great and great hospitality you know it's, it's a forgotten art these days yeah i I would 100% agree with that. So bringing it back to the people then, the people that are are there and creating the best in class, how are you, the market's tough right now for, for a lot of people. So how are you hiring and training that talent? Okay, so when, when, you're, when you really want to be best in class, I think uh, to, to judge yourself on a best in class is, is to, when other people are watching you, and then they're calling you and saying, how are you doing it? Right. Um, and I think that's what we try to do here. It's like a it's like a maverick um, uh, mindset. Right. I mean, Top Gun's the thing right now. Uh, I have a shirt back there. that says Maverick. I, I aspire to be. And why do we use that? Because, you know, if you ever watch the um, uh, the Top Gun movie, the first one, uh, when Maverick was, you know, letting the Meg get in close to him, he said, hey, I'm going to bring him in closer to him. And. And the guy in the back said, you're going to do what? Um, he said, watch. And he said, I'm going to hit the brakes and I'll fly right by. That's 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 not the norm. That's not in the book. And that's what I challenge my guys to be a maverick. Go against the cue. What everybody says. Do something different. Watch that. Watch that video. We watch that video all the time in our conference room. That's what I challenge you to do. And when you challenge your people that way and give them that mindset that they're able to go out and be a maverick. Your your really talented people want to be around that. They want to have. They want to. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to be given a vision, and then they want to come up with their own maverick moments. Right uh, at the end of the day, we want to serve all of our guests in the cleanest, most comfortable restaurant. You no know, matter if it's Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever it is, Starbucks, whatever. We don't be the most friendliest person and give the best quality that we can, but 
in what way does that make you? How do you feel like it's your store or your region? Is be a maverick. Come up with some great opportunities to showcase your people, showcase your staff, and that's another thing. Great, great employee, great talent. I mean, I've always tried to hire people way smarter than me that sit around the conference table with me. That's that's some some leaders, some CEOs have a problem with that, right? And they don't want to have people smarter than them. I, I I want the smartest people around me, way smarter than me around me. And then when you when you allow them to have that maverick, right, to be that person, just follow my vision, just follow our culture that we want. Um, and then you go out and do your way. Um, man, they you ought to see the people that follow us on LinkedIn now and ask for to come work for us now. It's like we're we're attracting some awesome talent. And it goes all the way down to the servers too and the kitchen staff. When you empower them and showcase them and no good owner, man, leader, what should always take the, take the, the, the glory, right? You should want that glory to go to your team. I never take the glory. I always tell my guys all the time, they're always like, man, Hey, you should get, you, when you get on social and you make a comment off one of my comments, my staff goes crazy. When you, when somebody gets a promotion, I'll get on there. Congratulations. Welcome to the herd. Welcome to the family. Um, he said, and they'll send me screenshots of people like, man, my staff's going crazy that you comment on there. I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I want to celebrate that, but I don't want to steal your thunder either. That's your thunder. And when you give your management, your leader team that authority to feel like they are that it's it's all them, man, they they love it and they'll and they'll stay. I mean, yeah, we lose some great people to some other opportunities that, and we celebrate that if they make a upper move. Now, if they make a lateral move, we we, we I bring them in the office like, hey, okay, what is it? Um, and we figure it out. Could be salary, could be something. But uh, obviously, you know, to retain great talent, you got to let them do their work, right? You you call the play, but you let them go run the play out in the field. And then when they, if they mess up, as long as you fall forward, hey, we're fine. Just don't fall backwards and let's fix it and let's run another play. Yeah, I mean, you do the same thing in football, College football, NFL football, yeah. it's the coaches design the framework and give you the tools for success. And then it's up to the people on the field, specifically the quarterback, to run that play to a T and guide their team members to that ultimate success. And yeah, you got to make those those small inches and make the plays and the blocks and the passes and catches. But then it's what you're going to do in that moment. Let's say something doesn't go according to plan. What are you going to do in that moment and how are you going to persevere and how are you going to learn? How are you going to act? Are you going to be uh, a fool and reckless and dropping bombs because it didn't go your way? Uh, well, let's learn th- from it. Let's collaborate again. Let's look at the tape and then let's get back to it. So my question to you, and I wanted to bring it back from the very beginning, is you've been through some times uh, where you've you've you didn't catch that preferable um, football and uh, you know you you went through that cancer you've gone through multiple hurricanes talk to me about what that was like how, how are you going through that and, and what's your steps and what's that process yeah so you know it's funny you go talk about football I talk about football a lot I love football I was you know should have been a football coach if I wasn't what I was doing today but I always tell our team Never focus on the wins. When you're watching the video, don't focus on the wins. That's a win. We won the day. 
focus on the losses. Why did we lose? And we and, and that's the video you replay, right? You keep replaying that video. Um, so, you know, my mindset of that, too, is also, too, is, 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 is just what the shirt says. It's right. It's into the storm. Um, the day that I was diagnosed with cancer, um, <laughs> it was the, probably the scariest moment in my life because I didn't have a good prognosis. Uh, when they started reading me the percentages of the kind of cancer that I had, um, it wasn't if it's going to be called when, when it comes back. And, and, I, and I stopped the doctor. Wait, 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 wait. You're putting me in statistics right now. You're putting me in where you think I should be. My mind said it's over. It's this. I've already beat this. And um, my wife was sitting there, you know, mouth drop, like, you know, so upset. And I went home and I told her right then, I said, hey, babe, don't don't treat me any differently. I, I, I want to be the same, Chris. Don't treat me like I'm a cancer patient and don't let anybody treat me any differently. And I said, it's going to be into the storm. And that's this whole motto thing that I have. And that's the culture that I've built. Um, you know, if you um, if you know the story about a buffalo, uh, the wild buffaloes in the herd, when when a storm comes over the, the mountains, uh, they, they turn as a herd and run into it. Other livestock and other animals run away from it. So you can imagine a storm coming and the buffalo runs. So it just goes through the storm. Others run with it. So so when you face diversity or face problems, COVID, <laughs> in the restaurant business, you can run from it, right? Or you can kick a wall and say, okay, they're about to shut us all down. What are we going to do to win? And you, you immediately go to that, that positive side, right? My glass is always half full. So with cancer, I kind of thought, hey, man, this is going to be a great uh, chapter in my life. And I'm going to prove to everybody that anybody can beat this. And um, so I think that's the mindset I've always had in anything I do. If there's a problem that happens, let's learn from it. Let's let's fix it and, and move on and uh, fall forward. Like I said, you fall forward and just face diversity straight on. The faster you get through it, I could have sat there and cried for cancer for the whole eight months I went through chemo and been a, a you know baby about it. But and, 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 and there's some tough stories with other people that go through that. And I would sit by people in cancer and they'd say, you don't even look like you're sick. And I'd have this big chemo bag on. I'm like, what do you mean? They say, you don't even look like you're sick. I said, I'm not sick. I'm just here to make these doctors look good. You know, I'm going to prove to them that I'm not really sick. I think they got my stuff all mixed up with somebody else's stuff, but I'm going to go through it what they tell me to go through it. And they're like, hey, I love your mindset. Yeah, you should have the same. If you, as soon as you change your mindset, life will be easier. Now, we all don't have the same ending. Right. We don't. But you choose to how you live your life is how you choose to live your life. I'm going to live my life with rainbows and unicorns, man. I'm going to just be happy as a lark as long as I'm going to be on an earth and try to change as many people's life as, as I can. So that's that's kind of how you deal with it, because some stuff we can't we can't we can't fix. We, there's some stuff that's out of our control. But what I can control, I'm going to have fun at it. Man, that's so cool. I, I love the mindset because it comes down to. It doesn't matter where you're going through. If you're at the top of the storm or in the bottom of the valley in the pit, it's it's your mindset. And you're like, man, what? Yeah, this sucks that I are the things that I can't control. But what can I control? What what can I focus on? And I can focus on the absolute negative. I can focus on I got this bag on me and I'm sitting in this hospital and I got cancer and the world sucks. Or you could change your mindset. Doesn't like you said doesn't guarantee that the end results will and will will mean success but it will it and it all depends on how you measure success 
And so maybe that's my question. My next question is, is how are you at the end of the day measuring success? You know, I guess uh, success and, and, and I get asked that a lot. And, um, you know, it's funny, a lot of my management asked me that, like, how do you judge success and is success? Uh, how many restaurants or how many, how much in revenue or how much profits? And I was like, man, I, I've, I've lived success is, 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 is what you make it and what you want it to be. Success in my life right now is I've, I've, I live in a nice house, right? I, I live comfortably. Success is how many people can I bring along with this ride? You know, that's my thing. Um, I, I really enjoy that the life that I've been given and I've worked hard for. Right. And but success, I, I told somebody this the other day, it's like it's like I'm building the ark. Like, you know, I want to invite as many people in this ark as possible and as many people I can invite on that ark um, and, and change their lifestyle. Right. I, I went to one of my regional managers uh, who didn't has been working for the company a little while, moved here from Florida, just had a baby. And he bought this brand new house and had a gender reveal and he invited it. He sent an invitation to everybody in the company. So me and my wife showed. And first he was kind of shocked that we showed up. He was like, oh. Chris and Kim, you're here. It's like, yeah. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, we brought a gift and all. But I walked, I looked at his house. I was like, holy smokes, dude, this place is beautiful, man. He said, yeah, I, I just had it built. And he was so proud to show me. And at that moment, I was just like so happy for him. And that's when I go home and really lay my head on the ta- on the bed and at night and really feel f- fulfilled, right? Because now... You know, I, I changed my lifestyle, who I was supposed to be, and my wife did the same. Now it's our mission to change as many other lifestyles as possible, that they don't have to worry about things, right, financially, um, that they can they can live in a, and buy a nice house and things and, and live life differently. So um, I think that's my success, man, right now. Um, it's not living in a big, bigger house. It's not having land or, you know, property all over the across the country. Uh, I don't really want that. I really want, uh, I want to see everybody enjoy life. And I think my wife is big on the homeless. So, uh, we focus a lot on that too. It's just really being out in the community and, and, um, you know, giving back as much as we can. I like that, man. I, I appreciate that. The, how you measure success? Cause that's not everybody's measurement and, uh, it's admirable. So the, the two questions I have for you at the very end, this is, uh, um, is what book or person and, you know, customer service, customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year. So I'll pause there. You know, um, the, the person that really influenced me a lot in, and it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Tillman Fertitta. You know, he's a, he's a restaurant guy out of, uh, Houston, Texas. You know, it's not too far from here. Uh, and he, he has a book, it's called shut up and listen. And it's a business book and it's, you know, entrepreneur. He was on a TV show called, um, I can't remember, uh, uh, Billionaire Buyer is where he would go help uh, other young entrepreneurs. And I was a young entrepreneur when I first got to meet him, too. And, and I looked up to him as a business guy, right? Not, not as a personal you know, personality or how he is, just how he changed a lot of people's lives that worked for him because he had a ton of people that I got to meet that we're living great lifestyles because of him. So, but the book I read was shut up and listen. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it's always, he, if you read it, it's talked about the paddle, right? It's about the hospitality and the business that the paddle will always come get you. And um, that means you want a little paddle or big paddle. So you always got to keep your head looking back, you know, don't get too, too full of yourself, man. You better stay humble because there's a way this business 
in this world can hump me to bring you to your knees and you want to be prepared for that. And that's one of the, the questions I get asked a lot to too. How do you for, how do you, what do you, how do you look in the future? And that's one of the things I've learned too, since COVID don't look too far in the future, right? When you're doing your forecast to open restaurants or how you want to you know, grow as a company, <laughs> uh, you know, for, if COVID showed, showed us all a lesson right there. Don't go too far down the line because you never know it'll change. But uh, those are kind of the things that I look at. You know, um, I don't really have a lot of mentors in life because I go against the queue. I, 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 I kind of do things differently than anybody else. I study everybody. I see how they do it. Not that they're doing it wrong. I just have a mindset of, of you know, that I, I want to be a maverick. I want to do it my way. I'm not going to go off and do it their way. I want to do it my way. But the, the, I guess the Shut Up and Listen book was great for me because it did learn, teach me a lot uh, in this business of, of you know, definitely being careful what you're what you're doing. Cool. I will have to check that out. I yeah. ha- haven't heard that one yet. So the last question I have for you is if you could leave a note to every single person, customer service, customer experience, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say, Chris? Uh, the biggest things that I say, there's a couple of things I say, and I say it to my, my team all the time. In our business today, if you pay attention to the small things that most people will never see, uh, good things will happen. Right. So if, you know, if you walk in a restaurant and I teach my guys walk in your business, whatever it is, uh, you go to your desk or go to your office or whatever it is. And you're and it's it might be your staff. You might be in the hospitality business or you might be in a business that's selling online. Right. But you have an office. Walk out of your office. Take all your, you know, whatever you have on uh, and put your your customers clothes on. Right. If you're online, look online as a customer. But have the mindset as a customer. We tell our guys, walk out of the restaurant, go through the back door, come through the front door, and now be a customer. What's the bushes look like? What's the front door look like? What's the hostess like? What's the, you know, what's the dining room experience? What's it feel like? You know, so I, I always say that if we pay attention to some of the smallest things uh, that most people will never look at, we'll be super successful because the big things, obviously, you're going to take care of. You know, and another thing I always say is every rock's in its place. And I tell my managers, when you go up to our front of our restaurants and you see a rock out of a flower bed, because kids were throwing the rocks around. If you make sure every rock's in this place every time you walk outside, I promise you your windows are going to be clean. Your front windows where they put the hands on it. Your hostess are going to be ready because that's paying attention to the small things. And last but not least, man, and this goes back, you could probably ask a lot of a lot of uh I could answer this question with a lot of this stuff that, that, that people ask me and you've asked me today is, and I've told this to my team the other day and they came up, where'd you come up with that? And we're all talking about bigger restaurants, nicer TVs, you know, uh, better uniforms, uh, louder music, you know, better content on the TVs. And I sat there and I was listening to it at the end of this table and I said, wait, 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 we're forgetting one thing. All that we build in fancy buildings, we can do all we want, but people bring profit. That's it. People bring profit. And that's the people that walk through the door and the people that are on our team. If we treat those two people in the most up respect and, and, and the hospitality side the best way, uh, we'll be profitable. So you can build a store, fancy a store all day you want. But if you're not nice to people and don't treat your employees great, your staff great and your customers great, you know, we'll never make a profit. So always remember that in this business, people bring profit. Nothing else does. You can have the best clothes in the world, selling the best items online. But if you don't have the people behind it, man, it's not going to work. 
some sound advice, man. I could we could keep this thing going on, and might have to do another one in, in the future. But um, Chris, what's the best way for people to to find you, to find your your company, and uh, connect? Yeah, so um, you know we're all over online, LinkedIn, you know Facebook. Uh, my company's called Aspire to Be. That's Aspire. The number two B. Um, you can see our little logo on our hat back there, and we're all over LinkedIn, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and things like that. We're uh, actually about to launch our own pod little podcast here soon too. So more to come on that one. I maybe, I maybe we get back on with you before we launch it and share some of that stuff there too. But it's just really going to be a motivational thing too for young entrepreneurs. I do a lot of talks to high schools and young people these days that you. you it's not all about the education you got, right? It's what's in your heart and what's in your mind and what's your motivation behind it, right? And that's how you can be successful. So, um, yeah, um, I appreciate this opportunity to, to share a little bit of our story. And thank you so much, Nick. Yeah, you bet. And for all the listeners, connect with him on LinkedIn. He will be coming out with that podcast in the coming months and uh, connect with him, subscribe to that and start listening because he's got plenty more to say. This was just a snippet of 35 minutes. So, uh, Chris, appreciate your time and looking forward to the success you're going to have in the future. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you, man. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.